0: Another bright spot in the Springfield music scene, Tony dot com. Am I talking to Tony Manaun now? Yes, sir. Okay, that's fantastic. And I want to start this by saying that your, your friend, Steve Newman, is a huge fan of your dad. And he says he knows all the chords. And I think that is a high compliment from Steve.
1: It it, it is a high compliment and and a pretty accurate statement at that. Right.
0: And so before we talk about you, let's talk about Jerry for a minute. Tell me about Jerry.
1: Well, uh, I grew up with a very unique perspective of music in that he'd been everywhere and seen a lot of stuff even before I came along. And I was kind of used to going with him on a Saturday afternoon hauling gear into the Shrine Mosque or Right. This nice club and seeing all these people who knew who he was and I didn't really know why they knew who he was. I just knew he right. played guitar. And then as I got a little older I realized who all he had played with and where all he well, had been.
0: Well who and, did he play with? Tell me something about that.
1: Um he started at the uh the old uh Ozark Jubilee when he was a teenager. Okay. And that led to playing with Patsy Klein on her final tour before the wow. accident. And then, uh, I believe, Porter Wagner as well, When Stewart, uh, Red Foley, a lot of the, the local country greats. Right. And took, took dates here and there, and then uh, he met my mom and was a good family man, uh, husband and dad and just played on the weekends. But then when I got older and started playing, Right. We kind of developed a, a rapport and started playing a lot together. Uh uh-huh.
0: Because again, if Steve Duman says you know all the chords, then you know all the chords.
1: Stevie's <laughs> very modest
0: <laughs> and, and, and a very
1: humble man. But uh, I, I just, I just play what comes into my head. It's not always right, but uh, I, I'm fortunate to have people around who can kind of guide me in the right direction. And my dad certainly is always that, you know, this chord voicing might be better than this one. Right.
0: Well, let's talk about you then. So are you from Springfield then?
1: Yeah, born and raised in Springfield.
0: Okay. And how did you first get interested in music?
1: It was all around me as a kid. I mean, which I think is pretty common for a lot of folks, but I didn't really do a whole lot until I got into school, and I realized if you could sing relatively well, you could get out of school. I was all about that,
0: <laughs>
1: so I was into choir and singing. Right, and then I don't know, probably you know eight or nine when kids get into rock and roll, I started getting into rock and roll, and that was in the you know mid late '80s, which was when there was a lot of terrible music going on, right. which <laughs> kind of forced me to take a hard right turn into blues, which got me okay. more into the roots side of things, and I picked up some bad basic piano skills along the way, but I didn't really right. start playing till I was in my early twenties. And I didn't even tell my dad about it till I was probably twenty four, twenty five. Really? Why not? Yeah. I didn't want to embarrass him. I mean he's a long standing, <laughs> well respected professional guitar player. And that the only reason I started playing was because I had all this stuff in my head that I wanted to get out. I mean literally I would wake up at three in the morning with sounds in my head, melodies and I just started making up songs. My first paid gig ever. I did almost all original music. Really? So wow. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of applause, but it felt good to me. You know.
0: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, where do you like to play now? Where are your favorites? Oh,
1: the downtown Springfield has been so good to me. Uh, kind of my my home base is down there. Lost Signal Brewing Company and and uh, Popo's downtown. Um, I do a lot of stuff at Table Rock Lake. The lake house, uh, Watson's on the water. Mm-hmm. Tonight, Stevie and I are playing down at the, a newer place in Nixa called Uncle Bob's Brew Pub, okay. which is just a very small micro pub owned by a husband and wife. Right. He and I have been playing a lot out in Rogersville at the new uh, Moonshine Distillery, uh, Uncle, or not Uncle, just Bub's Distillery. There's an Uncle Bob's and a Bub's, so I get them confused.
0: Definitely. So, I mean, where are the next gigs that you got going on for here
1: uh, tonight? tonight. Uh, tomorrow I'll be at Mother's Brewing Company, and I just learned that my my dear friend and and musical big brother Richie Revis is going to join me, and that'll be his right. first gig out since since March. I think he right. he and I he and I have last played together March fourteenth, right before everything yeah. shut down, and it's his first first time back out, so. I'm excited. I'm sure he's a little cautious, but we'll be outdoors and it's going to be cold, so that'll help destroy germs.
0: Well, definitely. Well, actually, let's talk about all the wonderful guitar players that are in Springfield. I mean, you're just surrounded by great guitar players.
1: Yeah, I think that's why I never really developed a, a playing lead because you could right. just throw a dart and hit somebody so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and there's ones that. that People aren't even really familiar with. They just mm-hmm. kind of play sporadically, like Jason Copsian. I don't know if you know him.
0: I no, I don't know him.
1: Jason is from Chicago. Jason is a real deal Chicago blues man. And okay. he has a, a trio that he plays in, but he's played with me off and on over the years. And whereas, you know, Stevie or Richie can come at music from a, a rootsy, almost country perspective. Right. Jason does that from a real deal 5060 Chicago blues perspective, really? and he's got the tunes, original songs with it, and he's rubbed elbows with you know Buddy Guy and all those folks. But he moved right. here 15, 20 years, probably 25 years ago, and he's very modest and and laid back. Most people don't even know that he plays, but I've got to play with him quite a few times, and of course Johnny Strickler is just an absolute pleasure to, to yes, listen Don to and Thompson. play with.
0: Still Donnie.
1: Yeah, Donnie, Donnie's still back in the Domino Kings full-time. I mean, That's, I that's a, a great thing, kind of a coup Stevie got there.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, it's the barefoot Riches. I mean, Richie Rebus and Stevie Newman and Don Thompson, I mean, that's amazing. I
1: don't know how we do it. I mean, Stevie talks about it a lot. He's like, this, this little pocket of Missouri has... Right. Uh, Something in the water,
0: I don't know what it is, but yeah, that is amazing and so tell me about other than these people, who are some influences that you like from this area?
1: I was around a lot of traditional country stuff when I was a kid, and I didn't okay. really know it, but it kind of seeped into my 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 consciousness I mean, I think okay. the first show I went to was Haggard when I was a little kid because I think my dad was oh, wow. playing with the band before that was opening for him.
0: Okay. And
1: uh I remember going to the Grove out on Glenstone, if you remember right. the Grove when I was
0: I don't remember that, but I know it
1: was there. I I was tiny, I don't know, three, two, three, and my uh, great aunt was a fan of Jerry Reed and Jerry Reed was playing. Okay. And this was kind of the prime of his career and my dad played up there with Jerry Reed. But I kind of got into blues, like I said, when I was a teenager, and then more into the the retro roots oriented rock and roll, the birds, the Flying Burrito Brothers, that type of stuff. Uh And then through that stuff, I started to learn, you know, Merle Merle Haggard songs and (laughs) all these old Buck Owen standards. And then it all just kind of coalesced into my own weird, I don't know what you call it. It's just a hodgepodge of my (laughs) stuff.
0: So. What is the next, do you have any CDs, or what's the next, uh, I guess we just say streaming now. What's your next project there?
1: Uh, You kind of broke up there, I'm sorry.
0: Well, what kind of streaming stuff, what is your next stuff, and how did they find out about you? Uh,
1: My last record came out uh, middle of September, and it was more of a...
0: uh, That's called brand new
1: then. Yeah, that's brand new, that's called (laughs) Illumination. It's more of a progressive rock one. And okay. it's it's a little little out there, but uh, it's been pretty well received. Got some some good press even overseas because there's a pretty yeah. big scene for that stuff. Yeah. But uh, I just started last weekend with Pete Jenner's, uh, the drummer. He's got All a studio here, and he's an engineer. And I start with him on, from the ground up, and we're working on kind of more of an acoustic. I don't want to say jazz, but that's he kept what he kept describing what he was hearing. Okay. And, of course, I'll bring my dad and Richie and Stevie and, and probably Kelly Brown and right. a lot of the usual suspects in on it, and we'll just, so just yeah, see where it that,
0: goes. Oh, well, that's amazing. I mean, that's <laughs> fun.
1: It, you know, it's fun and it's easy, but I mean, more importantly, they've all been friends about it. It's not like
0: they I have it. to
1: call them and say, hey, will you play on this for $200? They're like, sure, I'll play on this. Tell me the stuff. Right,
0: exactly. You know, that's one of the fun things about Springfield, and so talk to people about the Springfield scene in general. Like, what's the best stuff?
1: The scene in general seems to kind of be cyclical, from what I've seen. There'll okay. be a big big rise up of, you know, kind of roots-oriented bands, like when uh, in the 90s, when the, the Domino Kings and, and Street Smith were really making big right. noises, Yeah. and then there was kind of more of a kind of crunchy rock thing that came up after that and then there was a whole sweep of the the blues bands that came around like top of green shoes and uh mama Mama lucille a lot of those bands trash angels and what have you and it seems like now it's kind of become almost a a singer songwriter type of thing there's a lot of solo guys out there joe dillstrom and, and justin larkin and those guys and People keep calling me, so i got to be doing well, okay, I guess. The
0: that's the best part. That's fun. And so, again, this weekend, you're going to Nixon of the night and then spring to tomorrow, and then where after that.
1: I've got next weekend off, traveling with my wife to go see some family in Kentucky, and then uh, the following weekend, let me look at my calendar November 7th, I will be back at uh, Nixa. Okay. And then I'll be starting uh, in November and December. I'll be doing every other Wednesday at Ruthie's over wow. on Commercial Street.
0: Sounds fun.
1: And yeah, New- Newman and I broke that in the other night, and it was quite a good time.
0: Well, that's very fun. And so thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Yes. DaleWileyShow.com
1: do you love music? Do you know about the musical map of Missouri? Dallas, Wayne, Chuck Berry, Dave Alvin, the Robbie Fulks, The Skeletons, The Ozark Mountain Daredevils, Uncle Tupelo, Wayne Carson, Nelly, Lou Whitney, symptoms Morel, In City, Jeff City, St. Louis, St. Joe, Columbia, Buckle of the... Bible Bell New Studio on South Avenue in Springfield. Springfield. Springfield, Missouri. Add the Missouri Music Podcast to your list of favorites. Lawyer, author, and Slewfoot Records label owner Dale Wiley takes you on a musical trip around Missouri while raising funds for Musical Map of Missouri, a nonprofit organization which will help ensure Missouri musicians affected by COVID 19. Visit MissouriMusicPodcast.com for more information. Tune in to the Missouri Music Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.